The synopsis for this week's episode. Mm-hmm. The Enterprise picks up an intergalactic con man, Harry Mudd, and three incredibly beautiful women who harbor a dark secret. Mm. What do you think you're going to get with this episode? Why are they picking up a con man? Do they know he's... A... Of course they don't know he's a con man. <laughs> Why would they possibly do a background check? It's an open door policy. So three incredibly beautiful women. So why is beauty their defining quality? I don't know. Their secret's probably that they're not women or not beautiful <laughs> or both. <laughs> I think these so-called women are going to befriend Uhura, Rand and Sidewig and then single white female them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a great episode. I'm excited to watch this then. Rachel watches Star Trek. Captain's log, stardate 1329.8. The USS Enterprise in pursuit of an unidentified vessel. And that's all you need. (laughs) Welcome back to Rachel watches Star Trek. I am Chris Lackey. And I'm the Rachel who's watching Star Trek for the first time. Folks, thank you for tuning in. Sorry we had to skip a month, but... For us, this is a side project, and we're both pretty busy, but Rachel and I have been discussing doing a Patreon campaign. What is that? Well, that's sort of where uh, people pledge a certain amount of money every month, and then we offer different things Mm. at at different levels of pledging, and we give people things. What those things are, we haven't figured out yet. Okay. So that is why I'm saying we've got some things to figure out. (laughs) Uh, If we were going to be truly Star Trek, anyone who pledges, we just let them in our house. (laughs) Seal the doors and just see what happens. Uh, Yeah, that probably won't be one of the pledge levels. Um, Uh, Party pooper. So basically this whole uh, Patreon campaign thing that we'll do, it'll kind of test the waters to see if people are really actually interested in the show and want more of it and are willing to, you know. Pay for it. Pay for it. But we'll let you know more as we get a clearer idea of what we're doing. So let's just get into Mud's Women. Okay. The show starts off with the Enterprise chasing after an unregistered starship, a small cargo vessel. Why are they stalking this unidentified vessel? They don't really say why they're Hmm. chasing after it. I'm guessing maybe it doesn't have like a transponder code. Or it overtook them and flipped them off. (laughs) (laughs) Probably they don't have some kind of transponder, being that they're unidentified. Mm -hmm. Transponder is something that sends a signal out, says, hey, we're the Enterprise. The ship didn't have a transponder. So they're like, what's up with that? Why is that their problem? I'm not sure what the law enforcement... But supposed maybe, to be just boldly going. They're not supposed to be boldly policing and yeah, exactly. Around they're with... explorers, but they yeah. do, they seem to not do much exploring really. <laughs> yeah. So far, at least on the show, the ship is making a run for it into an asteroid belt. Now, Rachel, this is something that's probably not gonna bother you, but for hmm. me, I've got an issue with the sci-fi misconception of the threat of the asteroid belt. Right. I don't know if you've seen Empire Strikes Back. Mm. Uh, the Millennium Falcon is cruising through this asteroid field and asteroids are pelting their, their hole and they're really yeah. scared and it's very it's very dangerous. Oh no, we're going to hit an asteroid. Yeah. Well, in reality, it's really unlikely that you would have any kind of collision with an asteroid in an asteroid belt. Oh, they're quite far apart, really. They are really far apart. Mm. Uh, in actuality, the average distance between asteroids in an asteroid belt is 600,000 miles. Oh my goodness. Just to put what? that in perspective for you, yes, yes. The diameter of the Earth is only 7, 
8,917.5 miles across. Whoa, so that is, that's not nippy driving that, no, that we're needing here. No, so I think it would be really hard to actually run into an asteroid in an asteroid field. Yeah, but it's only an average distance apart. Like sure. the average person's not a murderer, but there are some. There are some. So maybe there are some asteroids that are really close Couple together. Of feet apart. Like maybe 100,000 miles <laughs> close to each other. You know, so... Uh, who knows? Who knows? But anyway, pet peeve of mine in science fiction. And of course, in this episode, it is a plot device. The ship is flying so fast that it burns out its engines and it drifts into the asteroid field. There's mood music as Kirk decides whether to help them. Well, he does. To do so, he extends the Enterprise's shields, which is the force field thing around that protects the, the ship, around this other vessel. Ooh. But it takes extreme power to do this. In the process, it destroys three out of the four lithium crystals that the ship needs to function. Oh, for goodness sake. So yeah. another supremely dangerous decision by Kirk's care inside. Yeah. So if they run out of power, they die, presumably. Yes. Then, of course, he decides to beam the strangers in. Yes. Come on! <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he just didn't do that right away. But why is he beaming them in at all? They're living creatures, and they don't deserve to die just because they're running away. Just beam them up into a little holding compartment. Don't bring them in with everybody else. Okay, that would probably make sense. They, they seem to kind of let people walk around all willy-nilly sure on the do. ship. Maybe in a utopian society, they're just too trusting of, of people. Mm. Against all the evidence. Scotty is able to beam the cargo ship's captain and three, in quotes, beautiful women mm. onto the Enterprise before the cargo vessel explodes. The cargo ship's captain is this guy with a really bad Irish accent who calls himself Leo <laughs> Francis Walsh. He's filmed from low down to make him look more imposing, I guess. Costume wise, he is not utilitarian, <laughs> certainly. He's got this big hat with the brim pulled up on one side, a curly mustache, a big pirate belt, mm -hmm. puff sleeves, and a massive earring. Who is this guy? Was what? that what white pimps looked like in the 60s? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. What they Why are you asking to say? me? I was neither alive in the 60s nor interested in prostitutes or pimps. Oh. He says he was running from the Enterprise because he thought they were hostile. Maybe that they were pirates or something. Mm. So while Spock talks to Walsh, the crewmen swoon and drool over the women, <laughs> especially Scotty and McCoy. I wondered if the women were sirens. I was thinking that too. Yeah, really heavy-handed music indicates when someone's under their powers or whatever's yeah. going on. Yeah, and there's a lot of the women are kind of mugging, kind of Posing. giving sexy face. And then the, the lens is uh, Vaseline over. So oh, yes. yeah, they're really they're really giving it the, the go. They seem preternaturally attractive, these women. The guys are just standing there smiling like idiots. Except for Spock. <laughs> He's unaffected because he is awesome. <laughs> Again, we've got all the kinds of attractive women. Blonde, brunette, and short-haired blonde. <laughs> <laughs> As they're walking to see the captain down the corridor, all of the crewmen just stop and turn their heads and are following the women and are drooling and their eyes bulge out of their head and they're really they're just smiling yeah. looking kind of goofy yeah uh, when they walk into kirk's quarters and is this really the place that you should meet people like bring them into your your room <laughs> yeah seems really odd kirk is affected by the women but he manages to keep it under control and not let it influence his behavior oh thank goodness for that at least yeah they're all gazing and smiling, but no one's making moves on the girls. No. I can't handle another rapey episode. Yeah, it's not it's not rapey at all. Just yeah. ugly. Odd. 
Kirk is ticked at Walsh because of his shenanigans and almost getting himself killed, as well as messing up the Enterprise. And he wants to know what Walsh was up to and why super attractive women are crewing his ship. And Walsh explains, they aren't crew. They're my cargo. Mm. <laughs> why do you say it in that I don't know. Room? He kind of has that voice. I don't know. <laughs> he has an Irish accent. So they're Eve, Magda, and Ruth. So Eve, the first woman created to be man's companion, and then his tempter and destroyer of man's innocence. Oh, right. And Magda, presumably from Mary Magdalene, do you think? Oh, could be. Follower of Jesus and the first to see his resurrection, who, you'll know this, but I didn't, and for goodness sakes, had seven demons cast out of her by Jesus. She did? According to Mark's gospel. Oh, wow, I did not know no. that. Some people, you know, the legends around it say that mm. she was actually the wife of Jesus. Ooh. Remember that whole... Uh, the Br Da Vinci Code. The Da Vinci Code thing, yeah. And then you've got Ruth, also of Bible fame, mm. another loyal companion who's often quoted in weddings, since there are so few appropriate readings that you can do in a wedding <laughs> from the Bible. <laughs> For where you go, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. But she's actually talking to her mother-in-law. <laughs> Hi, Diana. <laughs> <laughs> so Walsh tries to change things around and blame Kirk for his ship's destruction, but Kirk, he ain't having any of it. And he decides that they're going to have a hearing for Walsh. Uh, meanwhile, all the ship's power is being channeled through one lithium crystal, Ugh. which happens to be cracked and it doesn't look good. They've got to find replacements and fast. Fortunately, there's a lithium crystal mining colony on Rigel 12, not too far away. Mm, that's convenient. So before the hearing, Walsh meets up with the women and tells them not to lie, but to maybe avoid the whole truth. The girls call him Harry, not Leo. Hmm. And they say, don't submit to a medical exam. Uh-oh. Did you have any theories at that point? Yeah, I thought that. Now, I didn't remember this episode mm. at all. So I didn't really, I thought they were robots. Oh. That was what I was thinking. But at this point, I still thought they were robots because I'm like, oh, medical examination would prove they're robots. Mm -hmm. Or aliens. Or aliens or, or, or something like that. I just assumed they were something else in the guise of human women. Right. So at the inquiry, we learn uh, that the women are to be wives for settlers on Afiocus. Afiocus. Afiocus three. They volunteered for this. They aren't slaves or anything like that. Hmm. And the women left places where they were having trouble finding men. Right. Mm, yeah, my 15-year-old self can identify. I've been in a girls' school for four years by then. The Enterprise computer has lie detection capabilities. <laughs> yeah, that was I, good. I did not know that. And there is a pretty humorous scene. The lying Walsh is called out a ton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're not buying what he's selling at all. <laughs> State your name for the record. Leo Francis Walsh. Incorrect. Your correct name. Gentlemen, surely you're not going to take the word of a soulless mechanical device over to that of a real flesh and blood man. State your correct name for the record. Harry Mudd. Incorrect. Harcourt Fenton Mudd. His real name is Harcourt Harry Fenton Mudd? <laughs> Who knew? I didn't see that coming from the title of the episode. Uh, his accent was a, a put on. I thought maybe it was just his bad acting, but it was intentional bad acting to look like the character was acting. Is that what was going on? Yeah, they do that a fair bit, don't they? Yeah. There might be somewhere in Ireland where they sound like that. <laughs> I haven't been to Ireland, so I don't know. Maybe yeah. you're right. Might be the 1960s Irish accent. <laughs> <laughs> and also, why would you put on an accent if you're pretending to be someone else? 
More fun. It's an added level of complexity to your backstory. Yeah, wouldn't you, though? That you don't know. Of course, you're going to wear a mustache and have a silly accent. But if you have, you know, like, for example, I start trying to talk Irish, like, mm. how are you doing there, laddie? Right. And they go, oh, you're from Ireland. Where are you well, from? Mm, and yeah. I go, uh, I'm from Dublin. Oh, yeah, well, I'm from Dublin. What part? The north. You see, you yeah, know, like, I'm struggling already. Apart. So just say you're from where you're from and keep it simple. Are people even from Earth anymore at this point? Oh, yeah, sure. Are they being born? No, Kirk's from Iowa. Oh, yeah. yeah there's that. like some monument in Iowa where it's the future birthplace of James T. Kirk. <laughs> oh. yeah. When do we get Scotty's reveal? Oh, <laughs> 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 oh yeah. Okay. Never. So, so Harry nicked his fake name from his old captain and the accent, maybe. Could be. He single white female him a bet. Man, you're really into that movie. <laughs> Harry has a long list of nonviolent crimes, including smuggling. And the transport of stolen goods, buying a stolen ship with counterfeit money. Hmm. How do you do that? Uh, and he was sentenced to psychiatric treatment and then released. The computer reports not effective. <laughs> <laughs> Very judgy, that computer. <laughs> Turns out, though, he was captaining a ship with a revoked shipmaster's license. So Kirk has the right to arrest him and plans on dropping him off with the local authorities. Before the trial is done, the last crystal gives out and they're stuck running the ship on backup batteries. Oh, phew, at least they've got those. It's not going to do them much good. Hmm. So Eve does some truth in about her life, looking after her muddy brothers on a farm, desperate to be a wife instead. I guess that's the settler life. Man, this is bleak. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> Mud overhears Kirk saying that they're on their way to a mining colony in Rigel 12 and comes up with a plan. Mud wants the women to use their charms to get these super lonely miners to marry them for leverage of some sort of a deal that would be in Mud's favor. Then Mud has some nutty idea that he's going to take over the Enterprise, giving orders to Captain Kirk. He does this like <laughs> evil little monologue. And it's like, what? How could that ever happen? I mean, what is his plan? Yeah. And, and knowing his plan, how would that ever happen? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I'm Captain Kirk. <laughs> So the women, using their sexy powers, split up to get the info and equipment Mud needs to contact the miners and make the deal. Ruth goes to the sick bay and sexes up McCoy. The girls are very touchy-feely. Well, yeah, they gotta sex them up, yo. She walks in front of the medical scanner and it goes nuts. McCoy doesn't understand why that happened, so he just gives up and doesn't look into it. <laughs> because that would be working and he doesn't like yeah. working. He I don't understand. He can't He just goes... Oh, that's weird. I wonder why I did that. And then that's, he doesn't do anything. Yeah, then I thought maybe she'd mind controlled him, but... No, mm. he just kind of shrugs and goes on about his business. It's preposterous. <laughs> Eve goes to Kirk's quarters and she's waiting for him on his bed. No locks. Of course. No locks on the door. Have you learnt nothing? Eve claims to Kirk that she's being sexually harassed by the men on board. But then she goes rogue and says she can't do this. And she says that Mud put her up to talking with the captain. She leaves and goes to Mud's cabin where she says she's not feeling very well and needs her pill. Then there's a mention that they're orbiting a hundred miles above Rigel High. What? <laughs> Rigel High. I like to call it. <laughs> what? Is that as close as they get? No wonder they couldn't lower a rope down for Sulu. <laughs> On his coffee. Well, uh, low Earth orbit, or LEO, is between the Earth's surface and 1,200 miles. So there you go. McCoy and Kirk muse on the women. McCoy asks, do they just act beautiful or are they illusions? Kirk, or are we just tired and they are beautiful? 
<laughs> I know you get all goofy and music plays whenever I walk into the room, but I, do. I presume that's not only my immense beauty, it's also my talent and sparkling personality and you've known me for a while these girls have just beamed in yeah so magna seduces a communicator out of lieutenant farrell and mud uses it to contact the miners before kirk shows up and mud makes a deal with them still before kirk shows up i don't know what he's doing what's taking him so long (laughs) to to get there uh the women get ugly or more Mm. accurately their hair goes flat their makeup goes away and they get kind of some cheap wrinkles on their face now i'm not sure if this is supposed to be literal or this is like a visual representation of something more Mm. you know like in the storytelling of it they're supposed to be beautiful and that's the way they're communicating that is by you know makeup and and hair Mm -hmm. just like that oh we're beautiful now we're not beautiful Mm. but they don't really look that different from before well they're older which is horrifying obviously the girls are freaking out and feeling themselves up (laughs) eve says the pill is a cheat Uh. mud has seemingly lost the pillbox. I thought Eve had hidden them. Oh, maybe. But eventually he finds it and he gives the women each a pill and their makeup and blown out hair magically returns. That's some Willy Wonka stuff. Yeah. In fact, he invented beaming too, didn't he? 1964, that book. All right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the miners show up on the ship and Kirk offers to buy the crystals at a fair price, but the miners want to barter for women. Mm. Creepy. They ask Kirk to trot the women out like horses, I guess. If they like them, they want mud freed and have the women stay on the planet with them in exchange for the crystals. Kirk says, no way. But mud knows the ship's orbit will decay soon and the Enterprise will be destroyed if they don't make a deal. So Kirk's barking mud. Why mud? Yeah, why Why did they bring mud down? I don't know. They should just have them in a, in a, have him in a jail cell. Yeah, but I, I guess he's the one that's been brokering the deal yeah. or something. I don't know. So they beam down to the windswept desert planet of Rigel 12. The women are down there dancing and laughing and flirting with the miners. Why are they already down there? Again, I don't. Who allowed that to happen? Yeah. It didn't make any sense. There are only three miners, by the way. Yeah, only three people on this planet. The miner, Ben, is sort of stuck with Eve, but she's feeling bad about the deception and won't flirt. So the guy... I start fighting over Ruth and Magda. When that happens, Eve shouts, why don't you run a raffle and the loser gets me and runs out into the sandstorm, which could kill her. Why did she go out there? She's suicidal? I guess so. I guess she just, this deception is, is too much uh, for her. Ben uh, runs after her. The two go missing, Ben and, and Eve, and uh, the Enterprise still doesn't have its crystals. Mm. Kirk is freaking out. He snaps at Scotty who tells them they only have five hours left, but then Kirk apologizes. Mm -hmm. You know, it makes me like Kirk even more. You know, he's fallible, but he knows it, and he course corrects. Every episode. Yeah. If he didn't make so many stupid decisions, (laughs) might not need to do it as often, but... (laughs) Maybe it's Starfleet policy that's got really bad, and he's just doing, you know, what he's told. I don't know. For far too long, Ben and Eve Mm. are lost in the storm, and I guess it's because they just had to fill space. (laughs) Why would they have to fill space? The length of the show. Oh, my goodness. You know, they go like, well, gosh, we need to squeak out another 45 seconds here. Let's just have them run around out in the desert. I was pretty bored at this point. Yeah. I wondered why Uhura hadn't featured much. I would have been interested in seeing the dynamic between her and the women. How would she have perceived them? Would she have been affected in any way? But you know what was uh, strange about Uhura? She was wearing a yellow tunic Mm -hmm. and not her typical red tunic. To me, that's not the most strange thing about her <laughs> <laughs> portrayal of her in this episode, but sure. Ben finds Eve and he takes her back to his quarters. He puts her on his bed and sleeps on a bench himself, which I found endearing. Yeah, the guy's a, a grump. He's not a perv or, mm. or a creep. In the morning, the Enterprise detects his stove 
uh, since Eve is already cooking for Ben. And that's how you prove your worth. You cook. <laughs> he's very resistant to appreciating her cooking, though. Yeah, well, I think he's mad that she ran off in the sandstorm uh, and that he had to go save her. All right. I guess. I mean, I thought it was the bachelor craving a wife, but unwilling to change his routine. Eve mentions that he could have cleaned his filthy pans by hanging them outside in the sandstorm. The same sandstorm that these guys live in with zero protective clothing. <laughs> yeah. They don't have... <laughs> they can blast the dirt off. They don't even have goggles. If the Enterprise got into selling or trading parkers and gardening gloves, <laughs> they'd be rich like astronauts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Eve and Ben are sort of sniping at one another, but sort of warming to each other at the same time because they're both stubborn, mm. I guess. But Eve's magic pill wears off and she gets ugly, but that's not right because mm. she just gets, I guess, less glam. She says she got tired of him and she slumped. <laughs> what do you think of that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, if she could do it, good for her. <laughs> Uh, Kirk, what do you mean? <laughs> that she could just look unattractive, but she can just slump and just like, you're being a jerk. I thought she was alluding to several years into a marriage, someone feeling un- unappreciated and giving up on bothering oh, wow. with her appearance. And is, that, is that what you think she meant? I thought she meant she, she slumped, she stopped bothering. She, I mean, that's what it could mean. Even though they've only been there a few hours together. <laughs> <laughs> so Kirk and Mud beam in. Kirk explains it's the Venus pill. That's why she looks not as glamorous as she once did. Mm. And he holds up a pill. It looks like the everlasting gobstopper. Ben and the other miners are angry. The other miners are especially angry because they seem to have already married the girls on some subspace radio. Hey? Which I guess is something that you can do. And then Eve, instead of apologizing, she schools him a bit for being more interested in a pill than a real woman. She says a selfish, vain, useless wife. Is that what you want? Not someone to cook, clean, and cry? Is that what she wants? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it is what she wants. Yikes, that's some cold lunch to that... go from a muddy <laughs> set of brothers on a muddy planet to the paradise of a sand-blasting planet with three men. <laughs> yeah, you would think that this utopian society would have you know just better options in general yeah. but I guess I guess not so she takes that pill that Kirk had and her hair and makeup come back as well as the gelled lens mm-hmm. Ben doesn't like her fake beauty God there's no pleasing him is no his surface desires have embarrassed him a bit and then Kirk says guess what that pill I just gave her totally fake <laughs> it's gelatin there's nothing in it she did that with the power of belief there's only one kind of woman you either believe in yourself or you don't what? <laughs> what? Why did McCoy's medical machine go nuts when Ruth walked past I it then? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Well, like, why did they, again, their hair and their makeup got, like, all good? Yeah. They were wrinkly. You can't will wrinkles away. I know. That's preposterous. Do I none don't... of the other women on the ship have self-belief and therefore overwhelming beauty either? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Maybe you could find an actor that could communicate attractiveness without having to rely on makeup and the hair and all the other stuff in the gel lens yeah. just like by maybe the way that she carries herself yeah or just her performance you know like acting more confident as and then becoming more meek and quiet when the pill wasn't in effect that wouldn't be a mysterious concept right i guess i'm not happy with this episode <laughs> i'm gonna write a strongly worded letter <laughs> Oh, podcast. Uh, to NBC, I'm going to write a letter. <laughs> Dear Jean. Anyway, uh, Ben is cool with this, and he decides that he wants to marry Eve, that is, if she'll have him, and she will. 
Mm, but she says to Kirk, you've got someone up there called the Enterprise, suggesting that she'd rather choose him, but he's married to the ship. Yeah, you know, also, there was kind of a thing that Mud was talking about throughout the episode where she seemed to be into Kirk and maybe mm. he seemed to be into her a little mm. bit. So that was the implication that maybe she was kind of hoping to hook up with Kirk. Yeah, that would have been a better deal. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A grumpy dude on a windswept desert storm planet. Yeah. No. That's Might be not. safer there than the Enterprise though. True. Sure. Uh, you know, the whole idea of arranged marriages, mm. you know, are they really so bad? I read a study that said that only 6% of arranged marriages end in divorce, while 50% of love marriages only work out. Mm. Now, is that because in cultures where arranged marriages happen, that divorce is really frowned upon? Mm -hmm. so Maybe families can choose better for young people than they can for themselves. <laughs> if you're in your 20s, for example, or, or teens, I can I can understand how that might be the case yeah. based on wider criteria. So I don't know if this is a cultural thing, but this whole idea of this woman, you know, choosing this life for herself seems very bleak. Mm. Like, you know, there's no cafes, doesn't seem to be any <laughs> any good television programs or anything like that. It's yeah. just her in that little cabin. Wouldn't be for you, would it? It would not be for me. No breakfasts, no coffees. No. No Star Trek. No Star Trek. Kirk and Mud beam back up to the ship, and Mud still tries to get Kirk to let him go, but Kirk ain't falling for it. And then we close with this. It must have been quite a talk you made down there. Ever try considering the patent medicine business? Marshall, I work your side of the street. I'm happy the affair is over. A most annoying emotional episode. Smack right in the old eye. Oh, I'm sorry. In your case, it would be about here. The fact that my internal arrangement differs from yours, Doctor, pleases me no end. A little bit of playful racism to end the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's an odd little bit to include Spock there in a really flimsy, corny way. Yeah, it is. I'm going to keep harping on this, the... Vulcan racism that is rampant on the show. Mm. They are really racist against mm. Vulcans. We've only seen some of the days that they spend together. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good grief. <laughs> no one died in oh, this episode? Yeah, you're right. Nobody Not died. even the new bug-eyed guy that you were sure was a goner. Yeah, he was just weird looking and I was like, I've He's never seen that before. He, he must die, but he doesn't yeah. die. Nobody dies. This was finally one of their successful missions, I well, suppose. Oh well, yeah, I guess put, so. Put a number on the board. <laughs> a few days since the last fatality now. <laughs> <laughs> this episode, Mud's Women, was written by Stephen Candle and directed by Harvey Hart. The writer had this to say about it. Gene had an idea of using a personal enhancer allure drug, and I provided the character of Harry Mudd. We spent an afternoon talking about it and out of the conversation of all the story, and then, of course, I wrote the story. Gene went over it in great meticulous and obsessive detail, and then <laughs> I wrote the script. Oh, Gene. Oh, Gene. Uh, this was up for the pilot episode, actually, but oh, NBC goodness. had an issue with it. They said the central theme of selling women throughout the galaxy <laughs> and the guest stars being an intergalactic pimp and three space hookers <laughs> oh, was a problem. Well, fair. Mud shows up again on Star Trek, so oh. get ready for that. Oh, God. Time for another supermarket sweep through the costume shop. Just grab <laughs> everything you can in one minute and put it on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh boy so entertainment value i give it a, a four so far this is my least favorite episode it was just kind of boring and you know antiquatedly sexist yeah very odd the concept didn't seem as resolved or deep as the others 
Why not involve the female crew in the story? Yeah. Was it incredibly old-fashioned and objectifying or somehow feminist and I don't understand why? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows. Nobody knows. <laughs> uh, the concepts, I give us a two, which is almost the lowest score you can give it. Because wow. there is very little sci-fi in this or any insightful thoughts on society or relationships or anything like that. Hmm. It, it left me flat. Yeah, something really confusing and unrealized about what type of wife a woman wants to be versus what men look for. Yeah. Surely they could have invented intergalactic computer dating rather than having to be pimped out. <laughs> yep. Uh, so um, the sexiness for this episode, I also give it a two. Oof. Uh, the ideas of what was sexy in the 1960s or at least 1960s TV, or at least with Gene Roddenberry, <laughs> uh, don't really connect with my ideas mm. of what is sexy. These women are sexy, but <laughs> sexy is subjective. Are you trying to say the word sexy as many times as you can? <laughs> <laughs> it's so, working. Yes. The women are... They're, they're kind, just fine. They're, they're just, just kind of blonde. nice enough. Well, but... here's the thing. I went online because uh, one of them... Well, there, one of them was a model. And I was like, well, I want to see other pictures of her. And mm -hmm. they were really pretty. And oh, the pictures were the more pictures so of them. than... Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think it's the costuming and the hair and the makeup and the lighting and the, on yeah, the show people is do look really, quite rough on this show. Is really bad. Yeah. Because, I mean, there was... Other pictures of them, and they were just like, they were gorgeous. I was like, yeah. oh, okay, I see now. The so in much lower res and with tiny TVs, people would have been, whoa, yeah. Uh, I guess so. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought maybe the actresses were supposed to be average looking to show that it was a mind trick or pheromones oh, right, yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe they were that. It wasn't clear. It wasn't clear, it wasn't clear really, at all. It's really confusing yeah. this episode. I'm not, I, was, I was very disappointed. Yeah. I was glad there was no unwanted perving or grabbing in this episode. Yes. So four out of ten for that. Wow. Okay. Good. So next episode is called What Are Little Girls Made Of? And I think I remember this one a little bit. What a creepy title. It is, it is really creepy. Now that I hear that and speak it, it is, sounds really creepy yeah well rachel despite this episode being so far my least favorite star mm -hmm. trek episode i really enjoyed watching it with you i've been having a dilemma recently oh no our dear friends chris dennett and greg for my birthday gave me a little star trek pin uh-huh and haven't been able to take it off its little backing yet <laughs> <laughs> I really ha I'm really having a tussle within my heart. So you don't know if you should put the pin on your lapel or your jacket or your bag or... I can't imagine putting it on anything. So you're still... You still have Star Trek shame. Yeah. Oh. I thought it was better to share. No, that's fine. I, this, is a, this is a journey, a process. This is safe space. This is a safe space. So if you're <laughs> feeling a little Star Trek shame... That's okay. Honestly, uh, Star Trek hasn't really come through yet to kind of, <laughs> you know, combat that shame. Uh, yeah. But, but believe me, there are some brilliant episodes that are coming up that are really, I think, uh, some genius television. Uh, we're not there yet. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully with time and affection will we'll grow and, and yeah. you can be proud of your affection. The pin will be the teller. That'll be my standing yeah. on the desk, oh, captain, my captain moment. <laughs> <laughs> if it ever comes. Oh, and with mm -hmm. that, I'm Chris Lackey. And I'm Rachel Lackey. And you've been listening to... Rachel Watches Star Trek.
Watches Star Trek.